Hello! And welcome to the Maddest Touches. I'm your host, Chris Tusa, and this is Charlie Bradford. Midas Touches, we're back for another episode and this week we are looking forward to the biggest race, the biggest race, the biggest betting race of the whole year. It's the Grand National, the one that seems to divide attention more than any other race in the sporting calendar uh, for some reason and it's this Saturday. I'm massively excited because I absolutely love it. I think it's an incredible occasion that brings together so many different people and it kind of ties us to the history of our country as well. You look back at those uh, those, those, uh, those replays throughout the years, back in the 60s, the 70s. Um, it's, it's an incredibly special race. It's part of, part of British culture and um, it's the Saturday and... It seems like there's a, a warm favourite, Corrick Rambler, who won at the Charlton Festival as well. Charlie, Grand National Weekend. Aintree Festival has begun. We've we've got through one day. Mm-hmm. How are you? We have, we have. Uh, I'm well, thanks, Chris. How are you doing? Yeah, yeah. I'm also well. Good, good. Sorry, I, I always forget to ask, so I thought I would this time. Um, I'm doing well. I'm excited that the, the Grand National has uh, has kicked off, or the Grand National Festival has kicked off um it's sort of sometimes to me seems a bit like an afterthought at least in my head just because i've already moved on to the flat uh mentally i'm now that's all i'm thinking about but but don't worry i've um diverted my attention for for one week and um i'm looking back at the jumps reminding myself of of who john bon is um <laughs> what, where what distance he runs over you know what obstacles etc jumps um and i remember i remember all of it so it's all good hopefully got a couple of strong selections for you guys and yeah um looking forward to the big race on saturday i like i'm sure many others will be will be participating in a sweepstake um I, I don't bet myself as many of you will know so um that's a bit of bit of fun on the side i guess if you're if you're not into gambling and punting hard like like someone like tris um <laughs> really <laughs> uh you know a sweepstakes a nice way to do it and you could win yourself a bit of money you could indeed make sure you're bringing your copy of the times or telegraph of chosen your, your your chosen newspaper into work uh, on on Friday or Saturday if you're working Saturday um, which well done if you are um, we were recording our flat season preview last year uh, last week which which went very well with Will Hurd our good friend some serious exciting horses uh, coming out of that Charlie mate o- already we we have a winner um, for those of you who were who were quick on it you could have i think liked and shared our post couldn't you um on social media and you would have been entitled to a free or well i would have had to have paid for it but a, a bottle of uh <laughs> of, of wine or alcohol or or non-alcoholic alternative um because laurel went and won at kempton won a list of race um she won very impressively 
and 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 looks a good prospect. She's going for the lock-ins next, I think. But um, she looks she looks seriously smart. Yeah, uh, it's so exciting. If that if that um, little little um, sort of extract isn't enough to get you you excited for the flat season, um, I mean, I definitely recommend listening to the to the um, to the episode because we've got plenty more horses like Laurel to to share with you. Um, and if they all do as well as her, we could be making a bit of money throughout the season. We do. We're not just going to be making money, though. We're also going to be making sausages when we host our second <laughs> picnic at uh, the race course when we are at Newmarket for the Guineas at the start of May. So get that in your diaries. Uh, we made some really good sausages for Royal Ascot last year. Yeah. And... Well, the, let's just say the recipe is not going to let us down again. It was incredible. Uh, anyway, it's been a busy week of news in the racing world this week. Uh, firstly, rattling off Easter weekend, really, really great. Some great racing, Musselburgh, Fairy House, where they had the, uh, the Irish Grand National. JP scooped it up once again. Incredible ride by Paul Townend in that Um Haydock, Longchamp, Newcastle, Bath, the horses were running everywhere. Uh, not quite as exciting as this weekend, but still, it was it was great. Um, very sad to see the injury to Mighty Potter. Yeah, really, really sad. Um, Mighty Potter fatally injured on the race course, um, which... I guess is also very, very topical at this moment in time. Um, the animal welfare question is something that comes up a lot around the time of the uh, of the Grand National, and to see um, uh, a, a very high-profile horse die um, only the weekend before is obviously a very unfortunate incident. It's a, it's a horrible thing to see in horse racing, and um, obviously for us as horse racing fans, welfare is, is paramount. Um, you need only look in the in the stables up and down the country to know that um the people who really care most about these animals are, are the people that look after them day in day out um they they couldn't love them more frankly um and uh, you know there are there are various arguments out there um against horse racing and um and yeah the the sort of cruelty that it inflicts on animals but I, i'm not um a believer in those um those storylines personally um and yeah i just uh, i i really think that that they um the, the people within horse racing love those animals so much you know the the, the gordon edit yard were so cut up about mighty potter um and yeah it's um it's it's a very very hot topic um and one we're not gonna, you know, be able to discuss yeah. at length now. But well, it, it's interesting. I think people always draw reference to the interview that Gordon Elliott gave after Mighty Potter was put down, and he looked like reasonably transactional. But I think that's probably because he was trying to hide his emotions. And I know, obviously, people are going to pick on Gordon because of the picture that came out two years ago. Clearly, he made a huge mistake there. But I think, you know, he's not an example for the whole of racing. Uh, yeah. And people are always going to be quick to point out those examples. Uh, yeah, and if and if I'm being completely honest, he is not the best. Um, he's not the poster boy for horse racing in, in that regard. I do, I do take that point. I think he, of all people, um, 
is is probably on the on the other end of the spectrum in terms of their feelings towards these horses but that's not to say that you know like gordon elliott doesn't go ride ride um mighty potter out you know day in day out that's someone else's job and someone else loves that horse in the yard i think he will have his favorites in the yard in terms of horses but he's also got sort of a a broader remit and a, a wider oversight he doesn't have that um interaction that that you know the sort of stable lads and lasses yeah uh, it's true so, yeah. there's always that um you know the the kind of the story of the 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 stable lad or lass who's who's driving the horse box home after the race when a horse is put down and that horse box is is empty mm. and um and you know there's no getting away from it. these people are cut up they love horses far more than the aunties dislike horse, horse racing. racing so yeah. um yeah i think i think we've always got to pay attention to them it's also a sport that puts a lot of people in work mm. who otherwise might not be mm. um so there are a number of things that we should remember about racing there are negatives to every mm. sport yeah but um, uh, and, and like completely where where racing is falling short of the mark it's massively important that we also deal with that we can't just hide hide you know there was a there's a really scathing panorama documentary about what happens to horses after their time in racing um and that that was only a year or two ago and we can't shy away from these issues we've got to tackle them head on but there are enough people in horse racing who genuinely want the best for all stakeholders horses horses included you know the animals included um so yeah we just need to yeah to, to let that run its course and just make sure that we're being proactive and actually 100 you know, doing the right thing it's sad it, it seems that in this day and age negative press just for some reason gets more reach than positive oh 100 i agree with that totally um but but you know that's the world we live in and, and i guess what we're trying to do is paint a <clears throat> shining light over racing and some of the stories within it so you know the more that you guys can help us share that word the the better and uh you know we love everyone that that does listen to this uh podcast so we've got a hugely exciting weekend of racing ahead of us we are recording on thursday night we've just had a, a big thursday of racing one of the big talking points i guess before we get stuck into the tipping was uh the the story surrounding john dance mm. uh, clearly brave man's game who was second in the gold cup only a few few weeks ago was pulled out uh of of today's race at the last minute because of a a scandal embroiling uh john dance mm. in the mud to do with well we, we're not quite sure what but the financial conduct authority are involved which suggests it's something a bit fishy i don't know john dance uh, i know that he's been a huge supporter of racing and uh, a huge supporter of carl burke over the last sort of five six years so uh you know i can't really say anything innocent until proven guilty i think mm. but um clearly He's been maybe not doing everything I, by the book. I, I will just say one thing, and it <laughs> might be a bit punchy because it is all, all conjecture and rumours, but um, someone someone was mentioning the other day um, how they were very intrigued at how John Dance gets all his money because he, spends, he spe has spent a lot of money on horse racing. Um, and 
it, it, there was a suggestion that maybe you know he 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 wasn't making that much or, or or as much as he was spending kind of thing so so it's it's interesting um that that this has come out you know so recently but yeah quite quite scary vertum um the, the the company in question are are a big supporter of racing as well in terms of sponsorship so um yeah could have could have wider reaching implications for the horse racing industry yeah uh hopefully not for this weekend action though so let's dig in then uh let's we're gonna go straight into the saturday we are focusing all of our attention there the grand national clearly is the biggest race of the whole weekend uh, but let's dig in first with uh the first race on the saturday is the systems marco novices chase john bon is a strong favorite at the moment at 8 to 15 bambridge who was glorious today is still in the market at 7 to 1 but uh, i mean surely can't run here yeah, I was wondering you, that. You, you know you've got to think that bambridge will be taken out here um not long till may 15 to 2 for laura morgan calico who gave john bon a really good run earlier on in the season is 16 to 1 uh, 16 to 1 alongside marvel de seri uh, c and then you've got fuzen at 66 i mean this has got to be one of the worst grade ones that i've ever seen i know we're trying to sell this saturday's <laughs> racing but this is one of the oh. worst grade ones i've ever seen like it um yeah, really, really disappointing start to the Saturday, if I'm honest, in in that regard. Um, it'll be good to see John Bon, I suppose, um, a, a sort of a big talking horse and one of the better known horses um, in jumps racing. Um, but I do agree, like, I, I barely heard of the last two in the market, um, possibly unsurprisingly. Um, not long till May was a... Um, a, a long price second at Cheltenham, um completely outrun his odds that day against stage star um then you got who Bambridge. was well beaten today who was well beaten today though going off favorite and then you've got uh bambridge you probably won't go and at the prices i probably just thought, like calico did give john bon a good run um and he then subsequently went and, and won again, which was s something that people or supporters of John Bond for the Arkle at Cheltenham were really like, you know, holding up and saying, look, Calico is actually not as bad as as people thought. Um, I think John Bond has definitely got the class here and, and should be better than all these. But Calico was a close enough second to him. Um in that run at, at Warwick, it was in the Kingmaker, wasn't it? Um, and yeah, maybe maybe that's the angle. I, I also think that like all the other horses in here don't really want two miles. Um, like it's only really Calico and John Bond probably. Like this was even like they're bad horses and they don't even want to run at this this distance. Yeah, you've like, got to be much. Worse. You've got to hope if, if John Bond has been hyped up to to what he has. I mean, at our Cheltenham preview night, he was definitely one of the stronger ones, uh, couldn't get it done in the Arkle, but clearly El Fabiola was a cut above the rest. You'd hope that John Bond can get the job done here. Uh, I mean, realistically, at uh, 8 to 15, was actually possibly even a price. 
Yeah, I mean, like, very possibly. It's not my kind of thing, but he should really, really win this. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I'm going to be no bet. Move on. Okay, fine. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the three o'clock is the uh, Turner's novice hurdle. Hermes Allen, who was favourite for the Ballymore, comes in again, but a bit bigger price here. Dark Raven, 9-2 for Willie Mullins. Uh, you Wear It Well, who was successful at Cheltenham, is fives. Irish Point, skip Cheltenham, but has won recently sixes. Springwell Bay for John Joe, looks pretty unexposed still, tens. Let's be clear about it. Uh, Gavin Cromwell, Raider here at twelves. Authorised Speed, who ran well in the uh, the bumper last year mm. is uh, 16s alongside cool survivor crambo who won at sandown skip cheltenham 16s as well katira who uh has had a, a short but successful career for the skeleton 16s it's an interesting field this lots of unexposed horses and then clearly hermes allen and dark raven who maybe un- underperformed at cheltenham last time as some horses do mm. um I think it's a it's a fascinating encounter here. I mean, it, yeah, it, no it, it's for me. I, I I look through it and Hermes Allen. For as much as I I really do think that this is a proper horse, um, I I I don't know if that that Ballymore was a true reflection of his talent. Mm. Dark Raven, the same. You wear it well. Um, I'm not sure about the form of the uh, the mare's novice hurdle. Irish Point. I don't know that potentially, but six is maybe a, a touch short. I mean, my eyes were actually weirdly drawn towards this Katera of the Skeletons, um, simply because of the fact that I think just massively untapped potential and um, a bit of former entry last year ran in the in the bumper, fifth behind Astro Diamond, who won very convincingly at, at Fairy House last time out. Now rated one forty. Um, I know. I think ske- the Skeletons have got. Um, an interesting untapped horse here, and uh, I'll, I'll keep my eyes on uh, her. But yeah, I mean, it's hard not to be drawn towards Hermes Allen. There was so much hype Mate. towards him before the Ballymore, um, and uh, you know, maybe four to one's a good price. What do you think? I think four to one is a really good price, personally. Like, um, I think. You, you make a good point that this is a really interesting renewal in the sense that um, there are a lot of horses coming here who hadn't gone to Cheltenham, so still got sort of a record intact, basically, um, and, and retain a fair bit of potential. Um, and regular listeners of the podcast will know that um, I say this a lot, but I don't like backing just potential alone. Um, I want more form in the book. And um, for me though he underperformed at um at, at Cheltenham i think that hermes allen uh is definitely definitely the bet here um he it's worth remembering he did go off 9 to 4 for the for the ballymore uh, and was the fancied horse in, in that race um he did underperform but the the, the jockey said that he the, the the ground was really tacky that day and he didn't appreciate that kind of soft ground um so so there's a sort of explanation given there and if you're then sort of forgiving that run he he once again becomes the 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 good horse that you know went into that race favorite and and i think 
on that, I think you can probably suggest that he's he's got a brilliant chance here. Obviously, he'd beaten you where it well the time before, um, who then went on to win at Cheltenham. Um, and I think just lastly, I mean, you've got you've got Dark Raven in there um, as a, as a horse coming from the Supreme, and and maybe the question you ask is is do you think the Supreme forms better or the Ballymore forms better? Um, the trends would suggest that the Ballymore is better for this race. Um, six of the last eleven winners of of this race here uh, have run in the Ballymore previously, um, and actually, interestingly, only two of them have won the Ballymore. So definitely not a prerequisite to to you know having to have won that race um yeah there are, there will definitely be some interesting ones katira uh quite right you say tris looks a good one and and also caught my eye as well but i think at four to one hermes allen's a, a really decent price yeah and, and should be a bit shorter really yeah you're definitely getting some inflation on that price because of that run at, at cheltenham but as we know, Cheltenham's a track that some horses like, some horses don't. And for whatever reason, it seems that the Paul Nichols runners who are part owned by Alex Ferguson don't seem to like it. Yeah. In recent years, clearly. And, mate, yeah, you can't... Also, Nichols, Nichols, until the latter part of Cheltenham, wasn't even really banging them in. You know, had a couple of near misses. But again, he did, he'd just un, he'd underperformed at Cheltenham yeah. again. Um. He's in much better form now, 28% at the moment. Um, yeah. I, I really do think, I mean, Hermes Allen would be my bet of the day at this, for Ooh, this. Love to hear that. Hermes Allen, the bet of the day for Charlie. Uh, let's move on then to the 335, the Liverpool hurdle. Really strong field here. Marie's Rock, who was talked up a lot at our Cheltenham preview, is currently the favourite four to one. Flooring Porter, a champion uh, at Cheltenham, the the Stairs Hurdle, uh, he won a couple of years back, nine to two. Saida Burley, who recently won the the Stairs, having won the the per attempts a couple of times, eleven to two, also successful in this race last year. Um, home by the Lee, who was massively. I think underrated going into Cheltenham stayed on strong yeah. uh, is sixes eights his champ the old boy at 11 years of age Dashel Drasher defied the old age at, at, uh, at Cheltenham finishing second in the stayers at eights as well meet and greet tens Montmorel 16s Bruin Upstorm 20s Proshima is 33s um, what, a, what a field for this I, I feel these stayers have kind of become almost like household names even though it was a division that only a few years ago uh you you had the likes of sam spinner sort of going up at four to one and you know now we're now we're here yeah i mean it doesn't do it for me i'm not gonna lie i know people have been talking about this division a lot being like oh wow we've actually got a lot of quality in here now And, and i think that's probably true there's a lot of like previous champions in here um and they've each had their time in the sun um it's not a race i would be um getting getting involved in personally i'd probably just be at the bar spending my winnings winnings from hermes allen um so i'd skip this race and then (laughs) go on to the national fair enough well i i'm kind of contrary to that i i was looking through the trends for this race quite a lot uh there's been a lot of talk about you know, horses coming from Cheltenham, um, horses that skip Cheltenham, a lot of horses 
who run here have, have run in Cheltenham, either the, the stairs or the per temps. Um, and uh, when I was going through, you know, you don't want to... You, horses who are quite young have done quite well, six to, to eight years, have a, have a good record. There's something like eight from the last 11. Um, and, um, you know, the higher rated horses have also done quite well. Maybe it's the spring ground um, that uh, that allows, you know, those that might be carrying a bit more weight because of the penalties uh, for those that have won the the you know the bigger the bigger graded races uh they're carrying and um my eyes were weirdly drawn towards Florian Porter who's always been a, a horse that I've massively respected and maybe comes in here slightly under the radar even though he's really run three races that have been you know top notch on on return only 12 lengths behind home by the Lee who who was ready early season as we've discussed already uh, the next time got slightly closer, fourth, but three lengths behind the same horse. And then last time out at Cheltenham, um, three lengths behind Sada Burley. So really nine to two, uh, which actually has moved in from five since we since we first started recording this podcast. Um, Gavin Cromwell can get them ready. The trends are right for this one. Uh, has run well at Aintree before. And um, I think Flooring Porter will give you a wicked run for your money at nine to two uh i really do really like that mate so is that does that that sounds a bit like your bet of the day yeah i think i think this one would be i know it's a competitive race and um yeah. you know marie's rock is a horse i i love uh but going over over three miles for the first time is is um you know still something she's got to prove so yeah flooring porter i i'm i'm keen on very very nice let's move on then to the big one of the weekend the grand national uh which for me is one of the biggest races of the year it's the biggest betting race in the uk of the year and currently Cork rambler who we were both keen on at cheltenham is favorite at seven to one Delta work has been on the receiving end of some money over the last couple of days is eights, although a lot of bookies are going biggest price here, meaning that they're trying to take him on. Noble Yates, last year's champion, has come for some money as well, 15 to 2, even though pretty disappointing the last two runs this season. Mr. Incredible 14s, ain't that a shame for the De Bromhead and Blackmore partnership has had a lot of money uh, I'll go into that a bit more in in a sec. Uh, Gallard du, du Maynard, who's very lucky to win at Cheltenham after the fall of, of Marlon Mission. Le Milos, who was uh, successful earlier on in the season at Newbury for the Skelton team. Longhouse Poet, the same owners, had a winner today uh, at 14s. Capadano, 16s. Any second now, 12s. R Power for Sam Thomas, 20s. Vanillier, 20s. Galvin, 20s. The Big Dog, Lifetime at Ambition are both 25s. The big breakaway for the Brendan Powell and Joe Tizard combination is 33s alongside Coco Beach. Velvet Elvis, 40s. Gabby's Cross, 50s. Eva's Oscar, 50s. Mr. Coffee, 40s. Uh, back on the last 50s. Let's leave it there. Come on. Mm-hmm. If you if you fancy one at a bigger price, you can go into it. But um, I'm not going to read them out because we'll be here till midnight. Yeah. Uh, Charlie, the Grand National 2023. Take it away. Thank you, Tris. Yeah, you you introed that very nicely. I think um, 
I mean, where to start on a race like this? Um, it's it's actually genuinely quite probably quite a good question for our listeners if they want to you know work out uh, what to do um, or, or you know if they want to bet on the day that's not our selection, which is absolutely fine, of course. Um, the way that I would probably look at it on, on such a big field like this um, is to have a look at some of the previous trends of the race. Um, and you can start to gradually sort of rule out horses, I would say, based on based on that. Um, one of the big ones that people will talk about a lot is um, you don't want to be too high in the weights, but you also don't want to be too low in the weights. So over 11 stone, nine um, is, is perceived to be too much weight to carry. And then also under 10 stone three um, is usually sort of, uh, I mean, the horse just, just aren't really good enough, basically they're not up for it. Um, so so that's definitely one to note on the cards. Um, the the age one's a really interesting one because Noble Yates last year's winner was the first seven-year-old winner of the race since the Second World War, <laughs> um, which is actually like quite a mental stat, right? Um, and it does show that trends are bucked every now and then. Um, yeah. And you, you can't live by them, but no. they are a very good indication yeah. um, often. Definitely. Um, it's a shame, that stat, because there's a horse in here that I did really like, uh, bar the age. I don't know if you... For, for the listeners' purposes, this is the first time that I've heard Charlie's selections as well. Okay, you're going to guess who it is then? No, 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 I'm excited okay. to hear. Oh, right. Well, well, I quite like the look of um, Velvet Elvis <sighs> at a bigger price, at least. Um, he is a seven-year-old, as I say, which which would be his, his big negative in terms of the trends. Um, but he seems like a big price for a horse that... Um, is at least somewhat proven at the at the longer distances. He was sixth in the Irish National, I think, um, last year, maybe it was. Um, and he also ran second in behind any second now um, on his on his last run, in fact. Um, and any second now is obviously a, a lot shorter in the betting than than forty to one, having having run two good races in the last two nationals. Um, so Velvet Elvis has definitely got quite a quite an interesting profile, but I, I would give that that strong caveat of he he is a seven year old. Um, you know, it's not impossible, but it's very improbable that they win. Um but yeah, he, he, he looks like he can stay. Um he he's got the form, uh the three mile five is the is the Irish national trip. Um he's won over three miles on soft ground um obviously the irish national shows that he goes in a in a big field as well um which is a which is a useful pointer too um so i thought he was definitely of interest Mate, um it, if 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 thomas gibney <laughs> i know that if thomas gibney trains the winner of the grand national then i will drink a whole bottle of red wine out of your sunglasses. No, no, can you... Yeah. Oh, that's for weird. <laughs> um, it might take me two days, but I'll do it. Uh, then my new sunglasses are... Well, for the listeners, um, we're wearing sunglasses, both of us, which is weird that we just mentioned that now. We've been wearing them the whole episode <laughs> without saying anything. But um, we've been wearing sunglasses. These are the new ones I bought for um, the guineas, uh, which is obviously coming up in a couple of weeks. 
uh we can get a photo out or something see yeah. what you guys think yeah, yeah. or nay we will we or will or we will uh <sighs> sorry God. okay yeah I, I take your point it is it is fair i looked at i looked at lamilos as well who i kind of liked but equally thought like i don't i don't see the skeletons winning a national either it's a really weird one lad i don't see the fucking english winning the national it's also a decent <laughs> point. I I think I think the Irish have got this glued on. Um, I think I I really do. And um, for me, Delta Work and Ain't That a Shame are the two. Delta Work was third in the race last year. Uh, we'll we'll be riding off a, a pound less uh, this year. And um, you know, coming coming here with it equally, if not even better prep run both years winning the, the cross country at Cheltenham but but Gordon's had this race eyed up ever since beaten by Noble Yates last year in this race I, I think Delta Work is a class horse and um, you know I think we can mark up that performance as well from last year didn't have the easiest run around and uh, experience over the national fences is, always comes to the fore and even though Delta Work is, is eight to one I, I I do think that Delta Work promises to be a, a an interesting bet um you, you just yeah you you don't need um you don't need experience over the national fences well i i would rather if i'm recommending a bet to our listeners who want their horse at least to get to the finish line i think delta work is a good opportunity for that um ain't that a shame is the other horse that i've backed i, I wish we'd recorded this uh this time last night and um you know, our listeners will be getting double the price, but that's how things are. For some reason, the market seems to have come for Ain't That a Shame, uh, who this season has been really, really impressive. Second behind the big dog in the Munster National, fourth behind Real Steel uh, at Christmas in the Paddy Power, two big handicap chases, staying handicap chases. Was dropped back in trip last time, uh, but on soft uh, ground, at Gurren Park and was successful. So yeah, you know, off one four six here, uh, which, as you said earlier, is kind of just on that on that lower end of the handicap of the of the weights. I think um, ain't that a shame? It's going to give a big run for mm. for the team that uh, managed to find us the winner a couple of years ago. To be fair, I come with my cap in my hand. <laughs> And say that five of the last ten winners have run over the national fences. Um, so yeah, maybe you do want to have a little go over them first. Corot Grambler has, um, interestingly. I mean, like Corot Grambler is a very strong favourite, and uh, you you can't always say that of of national favourites. But like, I agree with you on Delta cloth Work. Cap. Um, That's what I say. Corot Grambler cloth cap. Do you reckon? Yeah, it's that classic. Oh, he's ten pounds well in. Yeah, it's true. I, he's, I don't a good, know. he's a good horse though. Like, I mean that yeah. that Cheltenham that Cheltenham run was brilliant. But uh, Lu- and he's got the form over the national fences, which we know is a big, big indicator. Yeah. <laughs> Lu- Lu- Lucinda Russell at Cheltenham was like forty percent strike rate. She's still going at like twenty five percent. Yeah. Um, which is really, really good. So no negatives for Court Rambler. I just <clears throat> think that uh, I don't know. Mm. I, I, I know that these guys know what they're doing. Um, Corrett Rambler was successful at, at Cheltenham, but I think that was the target. The ultimate was the target. I'm not sure the ultimate and then winning the Grand National was the target. Yeah, it's it's a very fair point. Um, I think 
if I may, I'll just give one more dart, uh, a throw at the dartboard. Um, given you're so anti my Velvet Elvis. Uh, to be fair, I'm kind of anti my own Velvet Elvis tip, to be honest. But I like another one of the Jiggenstown uh, horses, and that is Coco Beach. Um, I just like the I like the fact that he won over over three mile four um last time it does mean that he's now on a career high mark which may be difficult but um winning's never a bad thing and it certainly hasn't been a bad thing in in recent times for for um horses that go on to to win the national itself um the three of the last five winners um came into into the race off the back of a win um so he ticks that profile anyway um and yeah that it's it's always a positive to 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 show you've um you've got some form over the staying uh, distances he, he obviously came eighth in the race last year at, at 50 to one so an even bigger price than he is now about around 33s um it was only three pounds lower um that performance uh and he's obviously improved since then so I don't necessarily see why three pound higher mark this time is going to be really difficult. Um, but yeah, he was maybe one that I that I'd have a look at as well. Um, so there you go, Coco Beach. If you want, um, if you want a, a better, a bit of bigger price. Yeah. So the four, just for the record, from us, Delta Work and Ain't That a Shame for Tris and. Uh, uh, Velvet Elvis and Cocoa Beach for Charlie will tie. I don't know why you're laughing. Will will tie up the Grand National. Uh, the Aintree Festival is going to be a, an epic, epic festival. Uh, any from you on the the Friday? We've got Jerry Colom and Lucia, who are both back in action. Who who were two horses that. I think gobbled up quite a lot of time at our Cheltenham preview. Interesting, Jerry Colomb beaten at Cheltenham 8-11, to 11, only just beaten at Cheltenham, finishing really strongly. So I guess that is why the price is, is 8-11. to 11. Lucia, on the other hand, who was spoken about equally well by, by George, is 9-2. to two. Uh, I know that the comments midweek from, from Nicky were that Lucia didn't enjoy the undulations in the ground and whatever the ground good soft good to soft uh, at Aintree Aintree will be like a carpet so it sounds <laughs> like Lucia needs a sound surface and she'll get that tomorrow nine to two is uh is is very interesting um I think the 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 only other one that I really liked the the look of at Aintree tomorrow came in the melling chase where Fakir Duderi is favourite I don't think Fakir has been at his best this year Pick Dorhi I think is the wrong Nichols horse at 5-2 to two, which is why Hitman uh, is actually quite appealing for me was second in this last year against a really good Fakir Duderi uh, by five lengths only three lengths behind Envoy Allen at Cheltenham. Uh, in second that day was Chishkin, who has managed to to win today, beating a really, really good field, including the likes of Ahoy Senor, who I think would have won the Gold Cup. Uh, <laughs> and uh, 
and uh, Hitman also was was second behind Zanza in the Denman chase earlier this season. So yeah, I think this might finally be Hitman's day to actually pick up a genuine prize. Uh, some good form at Aintree and uh, six is, I think, potentially slightly too big on the Friday. Any from you on the Friday or is that us done for the national? That's us. I can't even look at Jerry Klom anymore, so <laughs> I avoided that one. We're sorry, Jerry. You're a great horse, but you're dead to us. Um, it's been uh, an absolute uh, joy to record this episode. The Grand National is a huge, huge weekend of sport, a huge race. And uh, we can't wait for you guys to, to watch it, either Racing TV or ITV, 5.15 Saturday afternoon. Make sure you're there on time. It is sure to be an unbelievable encounter. You, you actually don't need to be there on time. It's four mile two race. <laughs> it's going to take like fucking 15 minutes. Uh, and on that note, uh, it's a goodbye from me, Tris. And it's a goodbye from me, Charlie. Goodbye. Bye.